just before I start, um, we've got the healing meeting next Friday, okay, that's Australia Day, so invite everyone you can, those at the workplace, those in the shops, the neighbours, the family, those that need saving, those that need healing, next Friday, 7pm, and the other thing I just want to say is we've got, we've got um, life groups, or you could call them Bible studies if you like, they are commencing next, uh, next February at the beginning, beginning the 4th that week and um, I'm sharing that because I, I something came to mind yesterday and um, and I just saw I saw the seriousness of actually being a part of this yes it's about being taught the world taught the word yes it's about being in fellowship but if you're someone and I don't know who you are but if you're someone who sneaks in no one says you come in and you sneak out and no one says you go out you're in a dangerous place because no one's got eyes on you these groups, apart from the word and the fellowship, is that people have got eyes on you. I need eyes on me. Each of us need eyes on us to see where we're at. So I just want to encourage you to be somewhere where you can be looked after spiritually, physically, and emotionally, of course. Um, if you want to turn to the book of Mark, I want to speak today about overcoming fear and anxiety because this is something that cripples the world but it also binds the Christians because Satan, we have an enemy, he has a weapon, he's got a few weapons, one of those is fear and he uses fear to stop you moving into all that God's called you to be and do for his kingdom. If Satan can't stop you from being a Christian, the next best thing you'll try and do is stop you serving him. And he'll use any means, but primarily he'll use fear. So this is something that is in the church. And so I want to share how we're going to overcome fear and anxiety. So beginning in Mark 4, chapter, uh, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, that's Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. So we are taught in the word of God, God expects us not to fear because one of the most repeated commandments in the word of God is do not fear. And fear is the opposite of faith. We are called to walk, we are called to live by faith and that is the very opposite of that and like I said the enemy wants to use fear to come in and dismantle you he wants to cause a wedge between you and God and he uses fear to do it he stops you moving into those purposes that God has and it's a tactic to disarm you and there's a there's a constructive fear that God gives us that's you know we don't walk onto the highway we don't walk out onto the street where there's cars going quickly we don't 
you know, he gives us that fear when we're on the edge of a building so we don't step off. So there's a fear that is healthy and it's constructive. It's to stop us harming ourselves. But there's a fear that is destructive. And that is the one that causes us suffering. It's the one that causes us torment. It's the one that brings oppression. It's the one that paralyzes and neutralizes us going forward. And it's, it stops us and it halts us from fear of going forward. And it's really the anticipation, that's what fear is, it's the anticipation of suffering harm. And that could be in the area of fear of rejection, could be fear of man, fear of lack, fear of going insane, fear of death, fear of unknown future. It could be even the fear of giving too much. So giving too much of yourself to another in love. So there's many fears, and, and these fears are real, but today we've got the word for the year, which is victory. And this is something, fear and anxiety for you as a Christian is not your portion. Christ didn't come and do all that he did so that we would be bound. Everything that he has purchased on the cross was that we would be released from every evil consequence. So there's, there's a, a great price that's been paid for us to redeem us, not only from sin, but the consequences of it. And this is, when fear comes in, it, it cripples. It cripples and it, it cap, captures you. And you, you cannot move forward. And often, like I said, it's from the enemy that he wants to impart fear. And he uses a number of ways to do it. But the base of all fear and anxiety is fear is not trusting God. Now, God's desire relationally with us is to, to be at complete ease and to be at complete rest, to be in that place where there's a complete trust relationally with him. There's a, there's a place that God wants to bring us where we know intimately his love. We know that he'll do everything and provide everything that we need. He will go before us. He will defend us. He will give us the rest that we need. And he wants to bring us to that place. And if you turn to Matthew 6, this is a passage where Jesus speaks about the Christian not having to worry or not being anxious about the things that we need of. In Matthew 6, 25, he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you of you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? After all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow, tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day 
is its own trouble. So when you simply put, God is saying that He will provide all your material needs, all that provision will be met, and you don't have to worry, you don't have to be concerned, you don't have to be anxious about those things. He says, as long as you are making my kingdom, the things of the word, the things of my kingdom are priority. He says, I will provide for those things, the food, the water, the clothing. These things represent provision, the things that we need, that we need to live by. God says that he, you know, supplies even the, the, the birds. How, how much more important are you and I to him? And see, anxiety comes in when you take and you bring tomorrow's problems into today. You've only got enough grace today for today. You don't have to have the grace for tomorrow's problems. So Jesus is saying today, if you will just trust in him and you will seek first his kingdom, he will provide everything you need. It all comes down to trust. It's a place where you want to be, where it's a relationship with him, where there's a deep relationship like Jesus was in the boat, asleep on that pillow, completely at rest. When he was in that place, he was in the same atmosphere as the disciples. He, but he, he was not moved as the disciples were. There was this windstorm that came up. It was a, a weapon. They had a job to do. Jesus said, we're going over. When Jesus says, we're doing something, that's it. His word's final. He said, we're going over. They were going over, but they panicked. They looked at the circumstances they looked inwards, and that's where fear is. This, this was a weapon of fear. This was a storm that came. It was satanic because Jesus arose, and it says that he rebuked it. And, it, and he said to this storm, he said, peace, be still. But more specifically in the Greek, he said, peace, be muzzled, because there was a personality behind that storm. And often for you and I today, there's personalities behind certain circumstances that want to impart fear. So we, have to, we are people who don't walk in the natural. We are people who walk in the spiritual. We are people that walk in the spiritual. So God wants us to see that sometimes, not always, but sometimes there is something behind that is stopping us moving into the calling and the destiny that God has for us. You might be in a place where your boss at work, there's a fear that wants to come in maybe because your boss at work's giving you maybe expectations and he's expecting maybe greater demands of you in the workplace and that can bring a, a fear and an anxiety in. Maybe it's a, it's a health report where you've got something given to your report to you by the doctor and then this anxiety and this fear raises up like what am I going to do? And these things are real but God wants us to be overcomers. He's given us the word victory and he wants you to know and he wants to bring you to a place where you're not moved as the disciples were moved by fear. He wants you to be in a place where you're in that complete trust and loving relationship. You might be overwhelmed by the number of commitments that you have in your life. Sometimes that can be overwhelming. You can become anxious about all that you've got to do. You start worrying about the tomorrow. But remember, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Today's got enough trouble of its own. Maybe you're, you've got to you know, meet with your family and, and maybe your spouse's family. And maybe they're anti-Christ for this season before God saves them. And just actually meeting them, you know, regularly brings an anxiety and a fear because you don't want to meet them because there's something, an antichrist spirit there. So I want to really speak to this because some of these things are real. 
some of these things are real that want to create anxiety and fear in us. But God, God has a way. He has a means to delivering us from that place. Don't let fear dictate to you. In the book of Isaiah 54, I'll read it out. It says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. This is a promise. For you shall not fear. I'll say that again. You shall be far from oppression. For you shall not fear. And from terror. For it shall not come near you. See, righteousness, it says, you'll be established. See, there's a great potential that we have, we can walk into. Christ is our righteousness. He, he not only took our sin on that cross, that's what we celebrate in communion, He bore the consequences, every evil consequence of our sin, He took on that cross as well. That is fear. Fear is included in that because fear is sin. He broke the power of sin. He took the sin upon Himself. So for us to tolerate, we're not to tolerate this. This is not a little thing. It's not, we can't stand there and go, oh, I sometimes get anxious, sometimes I get fearful, but I get over it. That's not enough because Jesus has paid the price. He's paid the price to redeem you from fear. He's paid that price when He died on that cross. He's given us His righteousness. That scripture Isaiah says, you'll be established in righteousness. We are the righteousness of Christ. He, we've, we've, he's credited, His righteousness has been credited to us. We don't have to submit to fear. We don't, let it, we don't have to let it dictate to us. Because the disciples, they moved in fear. They came up to Jesus and said, do you not care that we are perishing? But Jesus had already given the word, so there was a lack of trust there, and that's evident because there's no, he said, he rebuked them later for their faith. But initially, these disciples, they came to Jesus, and they asked him a question, and Jesus didn't respond initially. He asked them a question, and he didn't respond, because faith doesn't respond to fear. Jesus is the man of faith. They had fear. Faith doesn't respond to fear. And Jesus, he came, and the disciples spoke out of fear, and when you speak or when you move out of fear and you do something or you say something motivated by fear, your focus becomes inward. You lose focus on Jesus. Jesus was in the boat with them. They lost their focus. They lost who was with them and they looked inward because that's what fear does. Fear makes you focus on the inside. But like I said, Jesus spoke initially. Before he came to them, he spoke to them. And he stilled that storm before he responded. And you'll never get free when you focus on yourself. Where If you're moving in fear and you're tolerating it in your lives, you'll never get free. But I want to tell you, you can get free. This is something that Christ has done. It's been purchased. It, that's yours for today. That's the provision that Christ has given you. One of many that he's taken everything upon that cross. That is the victory by faith that he took the sin, yes, he took the evil consequences of that sin, including fear. He took it. Now, by faith, you receive that. By faith, you believe, yes, you took it. I don't have to tolerate it. I don't have to submit my life to this because it's not of you, Lord. It's not of you. Jesus, he linked when he spoke to these disciples eventually. He linked their fear to not having faith because fear looks inwards fear says what's going to happen to me and in in psalm 34 verse 3 david said 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. See, when you've got two options when fear comes, you look inward or you can look upwards and outwards to God. David said, oh, come let us magnify the Lord together. Because whatever you magnify, you cause whatever you're focusing on to get bigger. So God wants us to bring in a place wherever something comes, whenever something comes in our way, He wants us to focus not on the giant, not on the storm. He wants us to focus on Him. He wants us to focus on Him. Focus on Him because that the key to your victory is knowing that God is with you. So many times in the Scriptures, Jesus said, I'm with you. He's told us as disciples before he, was res- before he went to heaven, he said, I am with you or never forsake you. He told Paul in the book of Acts chapter 18, when, there was a, when he was in a certain city, he's saying, do not fear, just speak, I am with you. He told Joshua, I am with you. He tells us today, I am with you. This is the, this is the key knowledge, the victory that we have is knowing that God is with us. He's not just with the pastor. He's not just with someone super spiritual on YouTube. He's with every Christian. That's the promise that he's given you. He's given that promise to every one of you. And that is for us today because you will, you will go through trials. You're going to go through temptations. God's going to bring you through many different things. Some of it, some of it the enemy's going to bring and God allows that. But you're all going to face, this, this Christian walk is not a trouble-free life. But if you want to fight the fight, you've got to, well, if, if you want to fight the fight, you've got to endure with your faith. You, you have, if you're going to fight this fight, you need to endure with your faith. And God's people, God's people, in the, in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, uh, 43, they were in a place where they were, in the natural, it looked all doom and gloom. They were captive. They were in a place where they were challenged, where they'd been held captive in Babylon because of their wrongdoings. But God comes to them in His love and His mercy and His grace, and He gives them this promise, and this is for us today. In verse 1, it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel. That's the church. So he's speaking to the church. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass, notice he says when. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers. They shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who's called by my name, that's you and I, whom I've created for my glory, that's you. I have formed him, yes, I have made him. So this is something that is deeply relational for us today, and it it pertains to us. God is saying in the floods, in the challenges, when they come, not if, when they come, he says, I will be with you. No matter what you're facing, whatever challenge it is, God says, when they come, he says, I will be with you. And it's relational. He says to them, 
He says, I've formed you. He says, I've called you. He says, you're precious in my sight. He says, I love you. I'm with you. This is who the God that we serve. This is the relationship that we have with him. Now, I want to ask you today, do you trust and believe in what he said? Do you really trust and believe that you can remain in that love to hold you when trials come, when struggles, when the fire comes, to hold you, to be in that place where you can rely, you can cast your care upon his love and go, I'm not letting go of you. I know your love for me. I know I'm not going to be moved. Yes, I may be going through something right now, but I'm not going to move in fear. I'm not going to let fear dictate to me. I will dictate to it by faith that you are with me and I shall not be moved. How is he with you? Yes, I've told you that through those places, but he's with us also to hold us. He's in that place to protect us, to care for us. He's in that place to love us, to empower us, to strengthen us. The Bible says, see, Jesus was in the same place as those disciples when that storm hit. They were moved by fear. They looked inward. Jesus was asleep. He was in the same place as them. He experienced everything that they did, yet he was not moved. He was asleep on a pillow. Why? Because the Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 10, Three, he says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So when something comes your way, when something wants to come and disturb your peace, it wants to steal your joy and fear wants to knock on the door. Maybe you're feeling like you always have a particular struggle. Maybe you feel like I'm always going to have insufficiency. Well, Jesus was going through a storm himself there, but yet nothing moved him because of the peace. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is standing on you. It's all to do with our mind, keeping our mind on him, not looking inwards. Remember, that will move you into fear when you focus on yourself. But magnify God. Keep your mind on him, and he will bring you peace. He will bring your peace into that situation, whatever midst of the storm you're going through. But it is based on trust. You've got to trust him in that. You've got to trust him with everything, every challenge, every circumstance that you're facing, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in your family, whether it's in the ministry. You have to trust in him because he is able to keep you. Not only was Jesus in that place of perfect peace because he was in the care of God, but he was in the love of God. And the love of God is something that keeps us. Jesus was asleep in that place, just sweet sleep. Every care, every need was taken of in amidst the storm. If you turn to 1 John, the Bible's got something in 1 John 4, something profound to say to us. It says in 1 John 4, verse 18 to 19, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us perfect love perfect love casts out fear jesus was in that place he had no fear the disciples moved out of fear love jesus knew the love of the father what is perfect love Perfect love is loving God and it's loving others. 
loving God. God, God defines love in His Word as obedience, just, just being obedient to His will according to His Word and as He leads you by His Spirit. That is love defined by God. When, when we, perfect love, when we love Him and we love others. See, when we actually lay down our lives for another, we give a brother, a sister time, we give them money, these are the things, we give them our energy, we give them goods, these are the things, love's a verb, we do something. That's what perfect love is, loving God and it's loving others. And when we do that, this is what actually destroys the fear we may be carrying, that we may be people who walk in love just as Jesus did. And then you will not be swayed, you will not be moved. It may come at you, but you'll be quick to shift it. You'll be quick to deny it. You'll be quick to crucify it because it wants to come into the flesh. But you'll be, you'll be moving in love that no, Satan has no weapon against love. He has no defense against love. And that is, for you and I today, is, is love. But it's not just knowing about God loves me. We have to have that revelation, but it's also trusting in His love. Actually saying, you know what? Whatever I'm going through, I rely on your love. I actually, I trust in your love, Lord, that you never forsake me, that you're with me. Every promise that you've given me is mine. Lord, you're faithful to your word. And everything that God did for us was in love. When we actually rely, we, in essence, we throw ourselves on his love, that's the place that God wants to bring us, where we trust in his love, because that's the love that casts out fear. That is the place where the Lord wants to bring us, where we are walking free of fear and anxiety. It has no hold on you. Because I tell you what, you look on the social media and that's a quick way. If you want to get really anxious quickly, that's the best form because you compare. And whenever you're comparing on social media, you're going to start looking inwards. What do I don't, what do I lack? What do I do have? You start looking inwards. But God wants us to look at Him. Look to Him for every provision. Look to Him for our satisfaction for our peace, for our joy, for our love, trusting completely in Him. So, as I close, I'll call the worship team up. Don't be a people who let fear dictate to us. Yes, it may come. We're going to face those storms, like in Isaiah said. We're going to face those fires when they come. But God's going to give us a way out. He's made that provision on the cross. By faith, we trust in what He's done. By faith, we know that He is with us. We know that the victory is that God is with us in the battle. He's with us in every storm. These are the things that will hold us. These are the things that keep us. These are the things that we will remain victorious in that we do not let fear set in. We do not let anxiety have its way. And we will move into that place where God's kingdom destiny for us is fulfilled. For each and every one of us. Faith doesn't respond to fear. 
And I want to exhort you this morning to trust and rely on God's love. Now, I want to ask you to stand because this is a, a topic that many of you may be suffering with. And fear is, like I said earlier, fear is not something that you should take lightly. It's not something that you can tolerate. The Bible calls it sin. And I want to do two things. I want to lead you firstly into a prayer of repentance. If you've been someone who's been living in anxiety and fear and worry, you've allowed that to move you, to dictate to you, to lead you into the decisions that you've made, that you actually turn from that. I want to to lead you that in a moment. But secondly, as we play the last worship song, you actually come forward and just between you and God, it's just between you and God, you're just confessing to Him, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust that, in your own words, I'm going to trust that, yes, you are with me. This is faith. This is a step of faith when you step forward. You're saying, I know that, Lord, you're with me. You're with me in every battle. You are with me in every storm. And, Lord, that fear, I'm no longer going to permit it in my life. That, Lord, you've paid the price. and That's by faith that you received that. So, I don't want to single out anyone today. So, if we all just pray, and then you just come forward as we as we worship so just repeat after me Lord Jesus I come to you by faith and I thank you for the provision on the cross that you not only bore my sin but the evil consequences of that sin and I come before you now and I confess as sin, fear, anxiety, and worry. I confess as sin where I haven't trusted you. And I ask you boldly right now for your mercy and your forgiveness. Lord, cleanse me, strengthen me, and grace me in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as we play, just come forward. Just It's just between you and God. It's just you declaring to God, this is where I stand. I'm no longer looking inwards. I'm looking outwards. I want to magnify you in all that I do. I want to look to you when fear wants to come and anxiety wants to come. And I'm going to put my trust in you today afresh for every provision. I want to put my trust in your love for me, your care for me, your protection for me, your provision for me. Every area, I'm going to trust you for it today going forward. No longer am I going to look at myself. I'm not going to be moved by fear. So Lord, I lift up every person who is going to come forward. And Father God, it's your love, Lord, that casts out fear. Lord, your perfect love. Father God, I'm asking, Lord, that, Lord, where we need that, Lord, where, Lord, we need to be completely established in your love. Father God, I'm asking, Lord, that it be today, Lord, that, Lord, we have the revelation of your love for us, that, Lord, we can rely on that love, we can throw our cares on that love, Lord, we can throw ourselves on that love completely and totally, Lord, 
Father, I ask right now, Lord, that you would release every person here, Lord, suffering from the torment of fear. Father, you've given us the word victory. I declare victory right now over all fear. I command every spirit of fear to bow in the name of Jesus. I declare right now breakthrough over every person's life, Lord, that will come forward. Father God, I declare breakthrough in their lives. Lord, I declare, Lord, that they shall know your love, Lord, that they shall no longer be moved by fear, Lord, but they shall be moved and compelled by your love that's in them. Thank you, Lord. You have shed it abroad, Father God, in our hearts by your Spirit. Father God, I'm asking right now, Lord, that love be completely fulfilled and manifested through each believer's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.